Hello and welcome to Faith in the Arts. My name's Johnny. I'm Marlita. And my name's Ali. Now, we are coming in this episode to the final episode in our first season, um, or series. I think it's a season. Season's right. It's a bit like a Netflix season, isn't it? Is that what you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you know, all <laughs> movies, or Faulty Towers was a series, but we're talking seasons now, don't we? Okay, although I think there are some definite comparisons with Faulty Towers <laughs> in, in here. We went <laughs> yes. to Monty Python a few weeks ago, but Faulty Towers is probably a better reference point. But anyway, Marlita, are you familiar with Faulty Towers? No, I am <gasps> not. <laughs> It's the highest of high art. Oh. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, my name's Basil Fawlty, and I'll be taking you for the next uh, hour. No, it's our final episode of the season, and we are... We, uh, it's been brilliant doing this. Thank you so much for all the questions we're going to be dealing with today, but just for people's uh, people listening, people responding in uh, with uh, with different feedback that we've got. We've really, really enjoyed it, and really, it's been great to hear that for, for those who've got hold of us, this has been really beneficial. It's been certainly beneficial for me. Um, don't know about you guys. Is, is, what what oh, benefit yeah. has our podcast given to your life, do you think? Well, one I can immediately um, think of is I've gotten to know you two more. Oh. It's been oh. wonderful to spend Bash time with heart. you guys. Oh, just, I'm wiping yeah. away. Yeah. No, it's been good. <laughs> Feeling that love. Yeah, it's been a really stimulating conversation. And, and yeah. the questions we've got today are brilliant, yeah. by the way. They've, they've given a, a lot of pause for thought. So that's, that's a sweet deal. I feel like we've got that one for free. Yeah, too too true. Yeah, I I would concur with all of that. I'd give you all a high five if I wasn't on Zoom, but we are. That's where that's how we do this. That's the mechanics of this, as you might well have guessed. But who knows? Um, we're going to get straight into the questions because we've got some great questions today. Is is what we've called our mailbag episode. Um, I don't know if that's common parlance for a, an episode like this. I nicked that off the Renew the Arts podcast, which I thoroughly recommend. They call it that. I thought I'd just call it that too. So that's fine. Perfect. But just to say before we get into the questions, we are kind of creaking to a close at the end of our podcast. Uh, Ali been stricken with glandular fever and you can see actually from where we are the fever setting in as we're speaking so that could be interesting <laughs> as we go on uh, for, for Marlita as always in this podcast it's some silly hour in the morning what time is it for you at the moment Marlita? Uh, it is just turning 5am good morning people oh, good good morning <laughs> it's it's not that time for me or for Ali and we're bright eyed and bushy tailed but Marlita is doing great as always so I have full faith in us but you know we'll get there it's going to be good so should we go should we go for the first question guys yeah, let's do yeah it. we're let's ready do it. right here's a good one to get us going Let's get our heads in the game in our fevers and tiredness um, I've been thinking about how creativity and arts relate to one another how are they different? How are they similar? Hmm. Ali, over to you to start us off. Lovely question. I like questions around creativity and arts. They are very different things and they are very similar. <laughs> Not chill <laughs> to me. Um, I think I remember rightly that the word creative, if we think of a biblical lens straight off the bat, creative is the word bara in Hebrew. And that's Genesis 1, and that's all about how God creates. So in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God bara. And human beings are made in God's image. If we take it that way, that means that every human being is creative. But creativity isn't just exclusive to music, art, poetry. Creativity is a whole gamut of things. One might be a creative scientist or mathematician or creative cook or creative parent or creative accountancy I think probably means something a little bit dodgy <laughs> <laughs> but creativity I think is a bit broader than than the arts we might say um 
And I'd even put a spin on to say that maybe maybe the word creative arts is a little bit slippery because because the word create in scripture is always only for God. And and when human beings mm. make things, actually there are different words that, that come into play, make, shape, art. Mm. Even the word worship has a slant to it. So to say that you are creative, you know, in a, in a biblical sense is a bit like saying you are God. But anyway, we're not we're not going to hammer too heavy on that one because words change and semiotics change and and so forth. But off the bat, I would say creativity is kind of a broader term, and then the art seem a bit more focused somehow on on the, the stuff of music and art and design and and these sort of things. Yeah. That's my opening gambit. I don't know what do you guys think. Very good, Molly. So what do you reckon? I have nothing else to say after that. I thought that was wonderful. He, he, he's uh, he's quoting Hebrew words at us while in the midst of a fever, Molita. How are we going to this? I was like glandular fever, my butt. Listen to this man. <laughs> I'll throw throw one thing in, maybe. I, I mean, I, I've um. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we well, when we started uh, Sputnik, is it's the question arose: What do we call the people who engage with Sputnik? And there seems to be mm. you can either call them artists or you can call them creatives. And I think there's there's benefits to each word. And and I, I can I don't have a problem with anyone who who chooses one of those. We went with artists actually, so we say we work with artists, <laughs> which for some mm-hmm. people they find that a bit highbrow and a bit aloof. Um, creative seems a little bit more modern maybe and together but the reason we did that actually was quite deliberate in that in the, the circles I tra- I would travel in particularly church circles and particularly charismatic church circles there is a, a love of spontaneity um that I think soaks into a lot of what goes on which is great spontaneity is really good but I've found in the arts there's something more than just a spontaneous automatic creativity just a personality trait almost um there's craftsmanship that's really important as well and I think when we reduce the art to just creativity just a person who suddenly on a whim says oh I'm going to express myself today in a creative and new way that's really valuable for that person but if you actually want to communicate something or really explore the world in some depth through your art practice um, there is a craftsmanship there's a submission to traditions and disciplines um, I think there's a deeper digging that needs to be done and my my experience would be that within within the church churches that I would know the problem has not been a lack of creativity there's lots of creativity in all sorts of ways mm-hmm. including in the meetings and I'm, I'm talking about artistic creativity but also other creativity the issue has been actually um more to do with the how do we deal with people who ask questions uh, how do we how do we view craftsmanship and people who put time into and energy into activities that are not obviously Christian, I suppose. Right. And so that's where I would I would draw that draw that line between the two. Um, although obviously, as Ali said, they're similar and they're different. So. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's good. Nice. Well, I, I hope that that answer at least helped in in some sense. Let's move on to another another one. In fact, we got three questions uh, from my. My good friend, Andrew Senior from Sheffield. Andrew, I hope you're listening. Um, I'm going to read all three and then I'm going to hand this to Marlita because there's so much here. Um, We're probably going to have to control ourselves a little. But they're all to do with (laughs) the uh, relationship between the arts and artists and the church, which is something we've talked about quite a lot. So I'll just read the three questions and then we can just pick which ones we want to talk about and bash this around for a minute. Um, Firstly, should churches proactively encourage their members to get involved in the creative arts as well as getting better at supporting them? those who are already involved in the creative arts question one question two 
Should churches treat artistic gifting as Christian calling? Great question. And question three, should I prioritise developing my artistic ability, even if this means I can give less time to church-run ministries and activities? Mm. Marlita, kick us off. Yes, period. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, to all three. Um, so there were a couple of things that stood out for me in each of these questions. So number one, should churches proactively encourage their members to get involved in the creative arts? Yes. But here's what I think about that is, you know, when we think get involved, one of the things we were talking about earlier before we started recording is what is this meaning of get involved? I do think that churches should involve members to get involved in the arts, but there are so many ways to get involved in the creative arts. Um, I do not mean that means, <clears throat> or excuse me, I do not think that means that we should, you know, encourage everyone to be artists or, you know, encourage everyone to start taking art classes and that kind of thing. But yes, I do think that we should get involved because it is absolutely an expression of God that we see in him. And it's an expression that we see in ourselves. And and it's better for all of us, whether that is supporting it, whether that's opening our minds to it, um, whether that's talking about it and acknowledging it, um, opening ourselves to it. And, you know, if you feel it and, you know, feeling kind of sexy one day, yeah, that is taking an art <laughs> class so that you can understand what that is. But yes, I, I do think that that we should be getting involved in the creative arts in, in many different ways mm. for people. Um, should churches treat artistic gifting as Christian calling? Um, my question would be, what do you classify as calling? Mm. Um, for me, and how I was taught about calling is, calling is something God does to you, not something you and I possess, right? That is an action of God to you. And I remember how my pastor taught like this. He said, when your mother calls you, what does she want you to do? And we said, come and see what she wants. And he said, that's exactly what it means when God calls you. And sometimes when we think about calling, it's this, I, let me say it for myself. I have experienced people who, who deal with calling as this very static thing that once you have it, you cannot move, you mm. cannot change. And if you don't have it, nothing in your relationship with God matters if you don't have your calling. Um, and so that has been something that has been very liberating to me, to be able to move and ebb and flow with God, that that calling is something that a season or a time where God calls me to himself for a particular purpose, mm. for a particular season. So I have a very um, dynamic uh, view of calling. Uh, so should churches treat artistic gifting as something God calls some of his children to? Yes. Ali, any thoughts on calling, Christian calling? Oh, yeah, I think Malita has articulated that really well, because uh, sometimes I wonder, well, what are we meaning by calling? And my yeah. being to similar to yours, Malita, that, that often there can be a weight on that. Uh, mm -hmm. This is the one thing you are to do mm -hmm. in life. And the problem is if you don't end up managing to do that, or if you can't pay the bills doing that, then it, it just goes to all kinds of slippery places. It, it like, well, really have does. I missed my calling? Or... Did I do something terrible that God called me to do this, but has now pulled it away from me? And yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think about what we are called to do in Scripture. I'm sort of racking my brain 
around that. And I think, I think the one thing we're called to do is to follow Jesus. I was about to say, just follow him. Yeah. That's all it says. Just follow me. That's it. Yeah. And, and if we yes. could break that down, it's love God and love your neighbor, isn't it? As you're, th- mm-hmm. Those are the Christian callings. I, I must admit, I, I, and you guys feel free to disagree. I, I, Christian calling is one of those phrases like anointing and things like that. that I just think Christians mm-hmm. should just be a little less weird and just be normal. I mean, what does it mean <laughs> in, in, at the end of the day? And I, I've got myself in a right twist about this before. It's just like, I think God gives us gifts. He gives us interests. Some some of those we follow at certain times. Some of those we we don't. But and sometimes circumstances come into our lives. I think we just got to push in, enjoy the gifts that God's given us, and love love God, love your neighbour, and see where it where it takes you almost. And I, I certainly would see. I think in and this maybe is a difference between creativity and artistry again. Creativity can be. I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but it can be quite self absorbed it's about me expressing myself and that can be really good i don't mean self-absorbed in a bad way that can help us process things artistry is more about either helping others it's communicating to others the audience is very important for artistry not necessarily for creative expression um, and therefore as artists who are christians mm-hmm. our motivation is to love other people and i think we are all called to love we should cook we should love god we should uh, draw on the holy spirit so we have the power and the energy to love and then we conduct everything we're doing in love so if i'm mm. if i'm t.s Eliot, i'm working as a banker all day day long it was was t.s Eliot's calling to be a poet or was it to be a banker right. well I, I hope mm-hmm. as, as he came to faith later in life that he learned how to love in both of those things and that question became a right. little bit redundant mm. um i love that um and i think that that's a wonderful way into the last question which is should I prioritize developing my artistic ability, even if this means I can give less time to church one ministries and activities? And I would say that if the Holy Spirit is leading me to develop my artistic ability, that is my ministry and church mm, activity at the time. Absolutely. I am the church. You mm. are the church, right? So the local four walls of the church are just part of the kingdom. Um, but it's not the totality of the kingdom. Mm. So you and I being where the Lord is leading us in a particular season is the best place that we can be. Yeah. No matter where that is. Yeah, I think that's really, really Can good. I respond to that a little? Because this is quite um, personal for me anyway. I've just mm. stepped back from a position as an elder at a church, wow. having served for um, just over 11 years. And for various wow. reasons, no, no huge reason, um, other than want, wanting other people to serve and to step into that role and to provide a space for that to happen. But also partly so I can like, focus a little bit more on other projects like my painting mm. that I believe the Lord has led me to, that I'm gifted in, that I seem to have some acumen for. And, and I don't feel like I'm particularly letting down my church in doing that. Mm. We've found um, you know, a dear friend who's taken on the, the role instead of me. We're not leaving church. We're still involved with church activities. Um, you know, We're not impoverishing or bankrupting the church in any way because of that. So I think for me, this question's about personal wisdom, You know, something yes. to talk about with church pals and church leaders. And we all have a certain amount of, energy and capacity and time and we have so many choices about what we do with all of those 
but maybe there are things that we just need to talk about in support and accountability with yeah. other people. But I completely agree, Molly, to the, that we see our art as a gift, as a ministry to church and yeah. to the world and yeah. to ourselves and not to compartmentalise it so much that we right. feel really guilty because we missed the prayer meeting because we were trying right. to meet, reach our deadline for um, our job as a journalist or, or whatever it, yeah. it might be. Yeah. And, you know, I remember uh, one time my pastor, he taught us, and this was, I had never heard this before, but he said, he said, you know, there's going to come a time where some of you will not be coming to this service, to this building anymore, because you are out doing the things that God is leading you to do and opening the doors to do. So so he actually gave us permission mm, to follow. He just said, remain in connection. So just because I'm not going to the building doesn't mean I'm not in connection um, with community. But that was that was that was really beautiful for him to say that. Um, and I was like, oh wow, because I thought if just like I thought if I'm not going to the building, just like this question kind of asks um, Andrew, that if I'm not going to the building then that doesn't mean that I'm as dedicated. And that's mm. not true at mm. all. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'm going to move things along. We've talked about creativity and art. We've talked about a bit about art and church. A couple of questions about art and culture. And this one's a fascinating question uh, from another friend, Hannah Kelly um, uh, from, from Edinburgh. Um, I'll read the whole question to you, see if you can follow. And then, Molly, I hope you've woken up a bit because this it's quite involved. <laughs> Are you ready, Molly? Are you ready for this one? Let's go. Get Let's it, go. Get we it. can do this. Okay. In one episode, you talked about Daniel, the Old Testament Daniel, uh, being able to love Babylonian literature and culture, becoming steeped in it, but holding fast to his deep love and abiding knowledge of the Hebrew God and his ways until he was able to, to speak out the differentiation of Yahweh into Babylonian culture in a way that Babylonians could access. My question is, how do we do this? How do you guys, I presume that's us, do this? Do you find yourselves doing a pendulum swing back and forth from culture to Christianity? How do we live in the world and more specifically our culture and truly from our hearts love it and what it creates? And, and in a caps just to be clear and also know how to draw lines of differentiation between what is there in culture and what we believe as christians question mark marlita over to you <laughs> uh hannah this is fabulous and at the heart of what i love to talk about but i'm going to restrain it today no um hold back so, the no marlita well, well then i'd be talking forever <laughs> But here, here's a couple things that I've been thinking about. So first of all, there is how I move about in culture. And by I, I mean us. So like how I move about in culture and then how I see culture. Those are kind of the two things that I'm thinking about. Um, so in terms of how I, as a woman of God, how you and I, as people of God, are to move about, something that I thought about is, as for me and my house we will serve the Lord, right? Um, and there have been all kinds of explorations about what our relationship is with culture. And I remember this really becoming um, something that I started thinking about when I started going to Spain. And I was like, what is my, what is my role here as a U.S. citizen in Spain, 
right? And in one sense, I saw there were people who went there and kind of created these separate enclaves, right? So I could go into Spain and separate myself from Spain and keep my own like American enclave and culture to the side. You know, I can go into Spain and I can take on Spanish culture and leave my American culture, right? So there are all of these ways for me to go in um, and interact. Well, as for me and my house in terms of culture, I will serve the Lord. That's what I've determined, right? Um, in terms of Am I worried about, will I be affected by culture? How do I stay close to what I believe? Well, that's what that relationship with God is. That's what that leading of the Holy Spirit is. Um, and sometimes I've found when people ask this question, they want um, a checklist of mm. things that I can do yeah. to make sure, like, like I can guarantee if I do these things, I know I'll be safe, right? And that's not how our relationship with God works, unfortunately. It would be so much more comfortable for all of us, <laughs> but it doesn't work, right? Uh, who, who was it? Y'all, I'm tired. Who was it that the Lord said, uh, oh, Pete, was it Peter? When he told him to go on top of the house and Peter, God told yeah, Peter, yeah. you know, eat this. And he was like, I don't eat that stuff. Right, I don't. I don't eat that. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a good Jewish boy, and and the Lord said, "Don't call unclean what I've called mm. clean." Well, the whole reason Peter thought that way is because that's what God told him to do before. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I say that to say the the uncomfortable simplicity of it is follow the Lord. Mm, right. Wow. Follow the Holy Spirit from season to season because you never know. I have found God in the most beautiful places that you would not expect. I have heard the the wisdom and the word of God from people that you would not expect, right? Um, and we see this even in scripture that this happens where <clears throat> people who did not serve God, who, who were not Jewish, spoke faith and spoke biblical principles. Mm. I've had people who did not serve my God, who were professed atheists, speak truth into my heart, mm. right? So I don't put limits on where I can see God, where God can speak mm. to me out of his creation, because they may not be serving him. It may not have been something created or, or um, constructed in uh, intentionally serving God, but I don't put limits on what he can use in his creation to speak to me, right? Um, so that's what I would say. Uh, that's that, where I'll start off. That is wonderful, Marlita. I would agree with every word. Really good. A Ali, have you got anything to add to that? Thank you, Jen. Oh, man, I had to follow that. I, I can listen to Marlita. Like, for <laughs> I mean, what's, what's she like at nine o'clock in the morning or like lunchtime? Is this like, yeah, seriously? I'm on, I'm on fire. <laughs> if this is due at like 5.30 in the morning, amazing. I wish I was like that at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, these are such great, great questions. From yeah, Thank are. you so much for asking them. Um, I think of that model of Obadiah in relationship to Elijah in, in scripture. And Elijah as the prophet we could say sat outside of the culture of his time and kind of sought prophecy from outside culture. Um, 
but lesser known as the, the prophet Obadiah, who was very much part of his culture and of his time and simulated to within the political, social, and even artistic frameworks of his mm. particular culture. And, you know, Obadiah, we we read, was accused of, of selling out, you know, and um, becoming too much like his culture. But yet both of these prophets are presented to us in the Old Testament as, as, as biblical models mm. for creative prophecy. And I suppose some of us would probably be more like Elijah's, sitting outside of creative culture, speaking into it, mm. and, and other of us would be more like Obadiah within that creative arena and, and speaking from within. I'd probably land myself a bit more like Obadiah, mm. which means that I'm probably more accused of being selling out or something like that. Yeah. But um, And I think for most artists who work professionally, we probably see ourselves a bit more like that working from within a creative mm-hmm. uh, a creative art structure. So Hannah's question is, is towards our, our chat around Daniel and, and Babylon, but I think there's also a lot to be said for Obadiah's story mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, if I could yeah. just throw in a, maybe a personal illustration from, from what, what was said, um, I fully agree with what Marlita said about how we don't get a checklist here. We've got to navigate it in relationship mm-hmm. with God. And I mean, as a, as a kid who generally loved, genuinely loved Jesus, but was really into hip hop music as a teenager. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I was advised by many people just, you, you just, you got rid of all your, when you were, you get right with God at a youth conference and you get rid of all of your music, you just burn the whole lot of it and only then listen to Christian copies of that music. And that's holiness basically. And I just didn't, I just didn't buy that at the time. And, and that might not be a nobility in myself. That, that might be, I just like, like the music and I want it to just be a bit cheeky. I, I don't know. But what I ended up doing was, submitting everything I listened to to God and I would do like like this this my dad taught me as a kid I remember him he wasn't so much into popular music but he said look whenever you buy something uh, an album why don't you before you buy it just say to God God are you happy with me listening to this, this is going to feed me is this going to help me to love you more and I would do that in in the shop r- r- like God is this okay now I'm not saying I listened particularly well and so what would end up happening was every now and again I would um I'd feel convicted about a particular record or something like that. And I'd then snap it. And because I was into vinyl, there's shards of records to be found weeks later behind the radio. They just, they're really dangerous. I mean, it's fires, fires everywhere. Um, and, but it was like on a basis of each thing. And sometimes I remember there were, there were some things that was, it was obvious. Maybe this, this song is the themes in it. It's, it's, it's really, it, it's not helpful that song uh, in, in obvious ways. I remember some, Sometimes where God just said to me, "No, I want you to get rid of that that re- that album." I remember an album in particular I was really into, and he's getting. And I'm like, "But there's nothing wrong with this album. It's not got loads of swearing on. It's not about lots of sexual escapades or violence or anything like that." No, I really felt God saying, "Look, no, get rid of that." And I just found as it went along, as I was try- doing this stuff and navigating, how do I how do I uh, na- um, relate to art and culture? I was learning to hear God's voice, and I, I think. I've learnt more about knowing God through those sort of things and what to watch on telly or, or which of my, which of my DVDs to kind of put aside for a season um, than I have through anything else, I, I would think. And what's fascinating, I think Molly said this as well, is later in life it's funny that now there's things that I would listen to quite a lot that I felt when I was younger, I felt God saying, no, this isn't for you now, mm-hmm. this isn't helpful for where you, you are. And I almost feel that, that it's like when God says, you've got to be faithful in the little things 
uh, you get given other things. I feel almost like something's been given back to me that was actually really painful to get rid of. That they were, they were, they were. Rec- I remember one record actually it was really expensive, <laughs> more than anything. It was like I'd found this golden golden record of like no one's got this um and it was some a really abusive line about jesus on it actually and god saying you've got to get rid of my god do you know how much money this costs i could sell this no i want you to get rid of it um but now i don't have a problem with some of that stuff because it's a relationship it's i'm changing god doesn't change but the world changes i change in it and i think there's a an inoculation to some things in culture the bad things that i think we need to have if we're going to affect culture daniel must have had that um i would imagine obadiah would have had that as well um great question uh hannah i'm going to move on to another one great question yeah really good um this is again related to culture um this is by someone, I think your name is Susie, but it's an Instagram handle and it has lots of other letters involved. So those are the ones I'm picking out. So if you're called Susie, thank you for this question. Um, the question is, how can Christians embrace and learn to love contemporary arts and modernism? Uh, in brackets, so many Christians I know big up Lewis, Tolkien and Chesterton, but these names are about 70 years old and seem to reject or disdain anything of the moment. And just hold on that. It's a really, really good point. That some of the touchstones in Christian art and in inverted commas, they were into old stuff. They and they rejected a lot of uh, modern stuff of their times. Um, and the same in the continuing with the question, the same with urban over rural. Urban always bad, rural good. Mm-hmm. But surely there's much to celebrate in urban art and architecture too. Uh, some recommendations for modern starting points would be great. It indeed would be great. Ali. <laughs> ah, yes, I love this one. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I've got a few ideas and Joanne, I'm going to fire this one right back at you because I reckon you'll have lots to say on, on this too. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? We do tend to talk about artists of the past often. Maybe, 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 you know, there's good reason for that artists who have stood the test of time and whose work filters through the mix that becomes more memorable. There are reasons, you know, for that. And someone like Lewis and Tolkien and Chesterton, you know, really great, great writers. They're all men, by the way. You know, other mm-hmm. other artworks are available by um, women of faith uh, as well. But I hope in this podcast we've modelled something different. We have talked about artists who are current and uh, writers and dancers likewise. On on the whole, um, rural good, urban bad, I don't see that in scripture. You know, we start in a garden, we end in a city. And I'm with... Tim Keller on this one, actually, who describes how in cities there are more things walking around made in the image of God than, than there are. You know, trees are not made in the image of God, as much as I love trees. And I climb a tree on a weekly basis, as some people here might know. And partly that's to have a connectedness with God's creation. But I choose to live in a city. And I think cities are important. And I make art in the context of a city. So I think we need both. There, that's my starter for 10. Johnny, what do you think about all this? Yeah, another brilliant question. It, it pushes into all sorts of things, but it also pushes into the, to the notion of progress as well. And I, I think Tolkien and Lewis, particularly, they were from a um, from a tradition where they, they very much were deliberately um, and in a slightly contrary way, reaching back right into the past, into like Norse legends and old languages. That they, 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 they were that's they were self-professed kind of the uh, lovers of the old and. 
there's something really good about that. I think in an in an age where the now and youth are really kind of push front and center in all in all spheres i think we need people like that around who can say no we're standing on the shoulders of giants let's go back to our history let's go back to our traditions and that's a calling for all of us and i think as artists we've got to remember that i mean in our artistic disciplines if you if you've got a shallow uh view of of history and you're only really engaging in artwork from the now your work is going to be shallow uh, you need to go back to the roots of your discipline and that's just a that's just in practice. I think um, I think gen there's a general wisdom there. Now, but I'd temper that by also uh, saying that um, we can't get too caught up in that as well. We, we've got to realize. I, I don't personally believe that progress is is all a myth of, of culture. I, I don't believe that we're moving towards a, a a utopia in a like a linear fashion through human ingenuity and technology. I don't believe that at all, and that's the narrative that's often painted. But I do think a lot of the um, uh, the ingenuity of humans, uh, the technology, the advances we've made. I don't know how it's all going to work together, but I, I'm assuming one day um, in the new heavens and new earth, there will be a way in which God somehow builds on human invention and human progress and then almost unveils it to say, hey, this is what I was planning all along. Uh, you know, it's, it's not all Tower of Babels that just get crushed and destroyed. And, hey, God's going to then build a, a new tower that he did and we didn't have a part in it. That's that's never the, the plan of Scripture. The, uh, God makes people in his image and again gets us to do the work of creation with him. And I, I would I, I think I, I, I see that all around me. And just because some uh, technology and some modern things are used for ill and actually sometimes come from evil there's there's evil in in the very roots of those or human evil and the way those inventions are made or those ideas come about that doesn't mean god can't use them for good so i, I think we need to have both of these it's a bit of a cop-out i think uh, urban and rural both really important for the reasons ali said i think uh the old and the new both um i think some artists will be drawn to one more than the other and that's fine if you're more of a I'm about the now, great, but please put your roots in your artistic practice back. Don't, otherwise you're going to be shallow. Some artists will be drawn back and back and back, but please don't ignore the new as well and become like really kind of stuck in the mud. No one likes those people. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, surely this is about where you situate your practice as well. If you're a, an artist who seeks to be part of a conversation in the contemporary arts of the moment, then yeah, it, it requires an understanding of where we've come from, but also requires mm -hmm. what are the current questions, concerns, philosophies, ideologies. And in order to listen into that culture and, and even to speak into that culture, you know, you need to be aware of what's happening at the moment. So to exist in a, a bubble, a church bubble, isn't going to help, or to exist mm -hmm. in a historical bubble yeah. doesn't help either. Um but, you know, this is our moment and our time. This is when God has chosen for us to be alive here at this point. So it's really important for Christians who are artists to be going to current exhibitions and, and shows at the theatre and watching movies of the moment and, and reading what's happening right now. That's really, really uh, important. You know, otherwise we just become um, Christians in our own little bubble in our, our enclave. We've got about five minutes and uh, we're not going to get through all the questions. If you send us questions, we don't get around to them. Really sorry. We'll try to get back to you on email. Um, we'll do our best. But thank you. The questions were wonderful. Uh, let's crack through maybe one more and then there's one we can all answer in a different way. Um, Marlita, I'll send this one to you. Uh, any lessons on humility as an artist? 
uh, that we can encourage, be encouraged and inspired by? I mean, how to grow in humility. Um, I, I'm presuming behind this question is the idea that for artists, those who often operate as individuals uh, and putting your work on show, you, you're in the spotlight. Um, there is a battle for humility, both in terms of um, uh, how you view yourself but also how you then view others and start judging others and getting suspicious of others. I'm assuming that's behind the question. So, yeah, Marley, to any anything to say about growing humility as artists? Yeah, um, so there's something that, that artists, I've heard artists feel sometimes, you know, how, how good art makes them feel. Um, when other people appreciate their art, how do they how do they stand in that and those kinds of things? And so I'll pose a question to you because we worry about: Am I still glorifying God if this feels good to me? Yeah. If I enjoy it? If other people appreciate it and express that appreciation for me when they should be appreciating God? Well you are the body of Christ. So the first image people have of God who don't know him is you. You're you're the representation of him. Um, and so sometimes people are responding. They don't know it's God, but they're responding to God in you, right? Um, so allow people to do that. Second of all, when it comes to you and glorifying God, how much more can a creator be glorified than when the thing they created does what it was created to do? Wow. So you being an artist, when God has given you this gift, there is no better way to honor him than to do what he's put in you to do, right? Um, and thank you and people expressing thank you in community and to you because they appreciate your gift doesn't take them away from seeing God, right? They're responding to his glory. They're responding to his presence. They're responding to his gift in you and through you the best way that they know how. And that's okay, right? As long as you know where that gift comes from, right? And so that's what has helped me is to walk in. I, you know, I thank you, God, for the opportunity to do this. I, I know I didn't come up with this, right? So uh, I think we get a little afraid because we think if we don't think about God 24-7, if we don't if we don't point everybody's attention back to him 24-7 with every, with every piece of attention that's given to us, that we're taking the spotlight or dishonoring him. And that's not the case at all. Mm. I remember there was a woman that I asked really quickly. She was married. And we were talking about this, and, and I said, do you think about your husband 24-7? And she, she said, no. I said, so throughout the day, you, you let some minutes slip by where you don't think about him. She said, yes. I said, does that mean you love him any less? No. Are you any less married? No. Are you any less dedicated to your marriage? No. I said, it's the same with God, mm. right? Um, so the the pressure of having to to play humble, right? To be humble so we don't take anything away from God. It's just, it's unnecessary yeah. because the gift is for you and through you and in the life that he wants to build with you as well. Um, yeah, so just walk with him. Great wisdom again, Molita. Right. I've got one more, one more question for us. What are your favorite resources that might help people delve even deeper into exploring faith and art? 
Ali. Whole bunch of resources out there, a whole bunch of books that we can uh, look at. I think the various websites that we have between us have lists of resources. There might even be one connected to the podcast, Johnny. Is that right? Um, who knows? I, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> there oh, might be. Not, maybe somewhere. Can... Who runs this podcast uh, anyway? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's running this yeah. show? <laughs> so we three are all involved with three very different groups. Um, Malita is involved with Kingdom Arts Initiative and... Um, Johnny is uh, involved with Sputnik and I'm involved with Morph Bay Arts. And um, on our various websites, we've got lists of resources. So I point people towards all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of great books coming out at the moment. Melita's written some crackers. Have a look at her uh, stuff. So has Ali. Don't let oh, him you. So has Ali. Yeah, my thank you, sister. <laughs> you scratch my back, I'll scratch. I, I mean, I, I wonder if um, let's let's. It'd be probably a good way to end. Is what about thirty seconds each on how can people uh, access the resources of our mo- movements? Actually, uh, we've I think we've we've shied away from too much self promotion. But I think I, I know for Kingdom Arts Initiative and Morphe, you've got some great stuff, and I think Sputnik do too. Ali, how would people engage with Morphe more if if the resource of Morphe could help them? Okay, well, there's loads of stuff online. Go to www.morphearts.org or our Instagram handle is morphe underscore arts. And we have online lectures and seminars that we've recorded and presented back. And we're just launching a brand new journal now through Sarah White, one of our team members. It's got a whole bunch of really great writing that's come out of the Critical Theory Group in the last year or so. There's a list of books that we really like, a list of other websites that we really like. Um, there's a morning prayer gathering, morning for the UK. Every morning at half past eight, we're on Zoom and praying and people can join us there. Or um, we're available for mentoring. So a lot of people come to us to say, hey, can you give us an hour once a week or so for a few weeks to talk about faith and art and my own art practice and how it all works together and we're available for that. We're a very open, accessible organisation. So please come and say hello. Great. Love that. Marlita, what about Kingdom Arts Initiative? How can people use that resource if, if that would serve them? Yes. So you can find us at marlitahill.com. Um, and uh, my Instagram handle is I am Marlita Hill. So that's two M's. Um, also, we have books and a podcast and... Um, we have a course that I lead people through, which we're actually turning into a journal right now. Great. Um, but also love to have conversations with artists. So if you ever just want to reach out um, and talk, we totally can. I would love that. Mm, fantastic. Well, as for us at Sputnik, we, we would um, focus on, on connecting uh, artists of faith to other artists of faith. And uh, we would have three, uh, at the moment, three local uh, in-person kind of groups, artist groups in Edinburgh, Birmingham and South East London with some others cooking away in the background. So if you live near there, um, we have meetups once a term. Um, and also we, we um, uh, kind of online gateway into the communities. We have a Slack, uh, the, a Sputnik Slack. Uh, some of you will know kind of the social media platforms, Slack, um, that people can come and check out. And we would, would have on that then different discipline groups that have zoom meetups uh we really believe in the the power of connecting uh like minds together particularly in uh christians of uh christians who who work in the arts uh, we also fund um christians uh who make art or involved in art community projects or use their giftings in other ways to serve uh, their communities and so we have a, a patron scheme to get money for that and a grant scheme to give money for that is the plan and there's probably some other bits and bobs uh, if you want to check us out Sputnik um, Faith and Arts 
put that into Google, you'll find all the social media and everything, Sputnik Faith and Arts. Our, our website is uh, www.sputnik.co.uk, but you've got to remove all the vowels from Sputnik, um, S-P-T-N-K. Well, what? I feel kind of emotional. Season one is in the can, guys. Oh, this is, uh, how's this about that? Friend. Yeah, and Ali survived with his fever. He's going to lie in a in a corner now, I think, with the lights off for a while. Ali, what's your plan to recuperate? Well, I've actually got a Zoom call with a couple of pals in 20 minutes, so, but I might cancel. Yeah, my, my voice is doing okay, but yeah. my head is completely wait. If I've said anything inappropriate today, I just have it with, um, you know, that's not my usual perspective. But you, you get the no, husky voice from Ali today, though, which is yes. particularly good. <laughs> Sorry, it's, Ali. It's been a cracking series. Are we going to have a party then to celebrate? Yes, I'll, I should say some stuff tonight. Right, two things to finish. Uh, we are going to... Uh, we're, we're, we're mulling over a season two uh, and we've got some plans and thoughts and things and there'll be please follow us and various uh, our, our faith in the arts uh, Instagram particularly um, we'll, we'll share news about that but what we are definitely going to do is we're going to have a podcast party and this will be on yeah. Zoom and it will be uh, us three uh, someone's going to host it we'll find someone to do that uh, there may well be some artists from our, our various networks as well but really it's going to be a chance to kind of uh, do what we've done today a bit more but a bit more interactive people ask questions we'll, we'll bring in some other people who have more wisdom on this uh, than us as well for an hour or so uh, the exact format and date is yet to be decided but it will be at some point in summer 2022 um, so if you're listening to the archives of Faith in the Arts and it's 2059 or something like that and the <laughs> Legendary season one is there. You've missed this, sorry. But um but yeah, um keep your eyes peeled, but that's the plan, and we will also give more information about what we plan to do in the future. Um I think is that right? Is, is that what we agreed earlier? We we came up with this plan reasonably recently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah wonderful. So, wonderful. Brilliant. Thank you so much for listening. Uh thank please keep spreading the word, keep sharing the, the podcast episodes. Uh but from us for the final time in season one at Faith in the Arts, we're gonna sign out. See you later from Johnny. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye from Ellie. Bye. Oh, I was just going to say, and keep reaching out. Even if you hear this in 2059 and have questions, we want to hear from you. So keep reaching out as well. Unless you're all robots by then, and then you've got to know that the humans may have died, but we, our memory lives on, and we will come back and defeat you, our robot overlords. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.